Hello everyone, welcome to Basket News. Uh, I'm the host Donatas Rubones and today we're visiting Milan before the very uh, important, very nice, uh, very high quality game Barcelona-Milan. Uh, we're visiting Milan and we have a guest, uh, FC Barcelona head coach Sharuna Siskevich. Hello Sharuna. Hi. Uh, Sharuna, uh, I read your book on my flight to Milan and uh, once again, uh, I understood that you're obsessed of winning and uh, your book is also uh, is called, the title of the book is It's not enough only to win the game, although you mentioned that for you the most beautiful thing is to win games, the victory is the, is the best. But you said it as a former player, more or less, as, as a fresh assistant coach of Jalgeris Yes. After a few years being the head coach, uh, how do you feel about uh, your statements and do you enjoy something else besides victory right now? No, no, I mean, uh, that's that's the basic thing, you know, that's the thing that gives you calmness in this job, that's the thing that gives you, uh, you know, a sense of, of joy for a moment, but then you have to, as a coach especially, I think you have to, first of all, worry about the process. First of all, I think you have to worry about improving. Uh, it's very important to come to the key moments of the of the season in uh, in good shape it's very important to develop young players it's a lot of stuff yes yeah, so winning at some point has to be not the main thing you know even though like i said it's you go home very happy when you win uh but if you win and you improved you felt uh, somebody who was struggling played better that he's taking steps that we're taking steps as a team that's probably the ultimate at this point of the season. <clears throat> and talking about the last season, um, for example, uh, when Michael Jordan lost his NBA Finals against uh, against Detroit Pistons, again, he never against, lost the Finals. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, uh, the next day he hit the hit the gym, and he was building muscle, you know, to not to be beaten again again by yes. Detroit Pistons uh, bad boys. When you lost the Euroleague final last year, when you were sitting on the bench watching FS players celebrating, what were you thinking about, you know, how you need to improve your team, your roster, yourself maybe, in order to beat this unbelievable team? We have to be honest. Yeah. This Anadol FS is a beast. Yeah, well, we we didn't have time to think about improving yourself. We don't have time to do I mean, it was a very sad moment, but in this case, in, in ACB, in 48 hours, we had already the first game of the playoffs. So we, we lost to FS on Sunday night. Tuesday night, we already played best of three against Juventud. If you lose the first one, then you go second one in, in Badalona mm. with uh, the chances of fighting for your season. So at this point, it was, you know, just uh, sadness. For the loss but you know you have to think that in in three weeks you finish the season and you have the whole summer to think about what you can do and what you cannot do and how to improve yourself like you said and and so on at this point it was just surviving the mm -hmm. surviving the the end of the season because we knew we had a great chance of winning a second title we knew we had a great chance of winning acb that we haven't done in a while and for me it was like finished early how to get the guys back because for them it was it was a difficult blow there's no question but okay in summer how that uh, brainstorming process uh, looks like also you know a lot of a lot of rest in the summer uh, a lot of mosquitoes in Milan huh? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of rest in the summer first of all I mean we did end up playing 90 90 games last year you know the club record I think even European record uh, 
not just 90 games, 90 games between EuroLeague and ACB, which is a lot of games in ACB is like EuroLeague. And, uh, you know, you need rest first. Then second part of the season, we already start thinking about how we're going to do it. And, you know, there's restrictions of uh, pretty much how you can start the season. So it's not like you need to do one thing, like you, you need to think, you know, rethink things. Uh, then you start building your system again, you know, uh, from the beginning, offensively, defensively, trying to understand what you have now, because we did change four players. And uh, actually we changed five players. We brought in uh, new, uh, new uh, four players and, you know, it starts the grind from zero, uh, basically. And uh, every year you have to figure stuff out. So rest is, is, is basic, you know, the most important, not to, not to drive yourself crazy, not to drive family around you crazy and uh, your team, you know, not to drive them crazy. Can you compare the beginning of the training camp Last year, when you have this new team, when you started your head coaching career here in Barca, and the training camp, the first days of the training camp this year, what mentality differences you noticed from the beginning? Everything was more or less the same. It just helps you that majority of the players, they know you, they know what to expect. It's uh, much easier to put in defensive schemes, uh, offensive schemes. Uh, they know, they know what what you expect of them. So it's a little bit easier. You know, every year it seems like we have less and less preparation and it drives, you know, physical preparation coach a little bit, uh, you know, crazy. But, uh, you know, the players have their association. They agree with the EuroLeague. You have to respect in, in a way, you know, we started uh, probably three or four days later than, than the year before, you know, and uh, basically, again, I think two months we had rest, it's, it's more than enough, uh, and start grinding. What did you see in the eyes of uh, veterans like uh, Kalates, uh, Nikola Mirotic, uh, the way they changed during the last season, for example? Uh, maybe there was a turning point when they kind of be, uh, started you know, fully believe in your system and you felt that you have all the team on the same page. Yeah, I think, I think around the around the new year, you know, uh, we we were starting playing. We had very good November, I remember last year, and and then around New Year's and January we started clicking. You know, it was a lot of uh, more or less. It happens around that time, you know, around January. Hopefully, maybe if you have a team, maybe you can start playing better a little bit in December. Just basically figure out what you have, who fits better with who, who. Uh, who fits, I don't know, starting, coming off the bench, one type of matchup defensively against a certain type of players and the guy, the other guy against the other type of players, uh, what we need to hide defensively, in a way offensively, what we need to hide, you know. So, like I said, it's it's constant process and uh, this is my huge emphasis, you know, just every year you start from the zero, basically. So, but I mean, all these star players uh, had to do a lot, had to make a lot of sacrifices, right? Yeah. Because, for example, Mirotic was always a top scorer. Kalates was the main guy in Panathinaikos. Exactly. We have Higgins, a lot of other players. So that did you did that situation required any some, some personal attention to these players, some personal discussions with them, private discussions? Not so much personal discuss discussions at the beginning, as much as a lot of video watching as a team trying to understand this is good shot, this is bad shot. Try to understand what is team game. You know, you're not gonna score 20 points every every game, but you know, if uh, if you have a better matchup, if one guy is really 
playing well that night. I mean, we have to ride this guy that evening and we have to come again the next day to understand stuff is from zero and it's okay to be left at uh, eight points something. It doesn't mean that you had a bad game. There's so many other ways to contribute, find a way to contribute, you know. I mean, you could be having extra, I don't know, extra rebounds. Uh, maybe you need to have crazy energy on defensive end. I mean, you just have to be solid. You have to play good. It doesn't mean that if you score 20, you played good. And uh, I think in in that's what the winning players understand, you know, exactly what you said. Uh, I think the players like Nick Kalathis coming from other team, Mirotic, you know, being with different coaches, uh, you know, they, they understood this with time, you know, and uh, that's why, you know, we had success last year. Was it hard to explain Nikola what is a bad shot, what is a good shot? The way sometimes the way he makes the shot, it seems like every shot is good for them. I think the players deep down they understand everything. Honestly, I I believe they understand everything unless they're clueless. Then then we don't want them on on our team and, and things like that. But usually at this level, players are very smart. They understand what you're asking for them. I mean, sometimes maybe they disagree with you, but in general terms, I think uh, I think they like to be pushed. I think they like to be coached. I think they want to improve. This is the reason why they got to the level of uh, you know one of the top teams in uh, in Europe. And uh, you know, sometimes it's not easy to have a conflict or or to to discuss things. But ultimately, it's for the best. And I think deep down, players players understand that and they want to be coached. You know, I believe you have to. You had to challenge all these players the last season. I mean, to be on the same page and stuff like that. I was just thinking, did they try to challenge you in some way, just to check some, you know, lines between you? Well, they always check. I think every every in, in every team this is happening. I think uh, they always they always see what the limits are, you know. And then, if as a coach you don't say anything for them, like you know, but I mean, you must try to. Tell them this is not the way we want to play defense. This is not the way attitude in this sense. In this is not the way to uh, to fire just at every opportunity because we have other you know seven eight very good players who are also waiting their line. So I mean this is this is the point a little bit and uh, you know some fights occur in the during the course of the season. Like I said, ultimately it's for the. It's for the bigger goal. It's for the goal of the team to achieve things, to get yourself more chances of winning the games. And uh, yeah, I mean, as a coach, you have to you have to fight for it. You have to fight for what you believe in. Uh, one of uh, your additions this summer was Rokas Jokovaitis, who is one of the best young players in the EuroLeague. And in Lithuania, it was a, a hot topic uh, about uh, Rokas Jokovaitis, whether he should go to Barca or he should stay in Jalgiris because now maybe people in Lithuania think that he gave away, you know, a solid role in Jalgiris and stuff like that. Uh, how did you like his transition so far in Barcelona? Transition to a new culture, a different country and especially such a high-level team like uh, Barcelona? Well, he's gonna fit in. He's 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 very easygoing guy. He's gonna fit in. I think as far as the team goes, uh, I told him before he comes that he will play at every opportunity that we can. You know, we really want to build the program here. We want to develop. Uh, we want to develop. Uh, you know, young guys and and have them in our system for a while, so they get identified with the club. They get identified with the city, and you know. And, you know, he's one of the best young players in, in EuroLeague. So we are very happy 
to have him as far as you know his his play he's uh, we have to be realistic he's 20 year old he's 20 year old who's giving us things already but he's still a 20 year old so we have to be patient with him we have to we have to understand that he is going to be up and downs and uh, you know i cannot ask the same from from Jokubaitis that i asked from la provitola and from kalathis who at the peak of their careers uh, what is your vision for Jokubaitis, for example, in a three-year uh, project? Let's well, say. I mean, in three-year projects, I, I, I hope he will turn out to be one of the best point guards in Europe uh, at this point, you know, and uh, that is already uh, in three years will be a finished product. And then this is my idea, you know, yeah. uh, there's always the idea of, of the player himself and, and his agent and his uh, people around that not always is is in the same line with club, but, you know, this is life, and when when this point will happen, we will deal with it. Talking about Barcelona, uh, what it's like to be uh, the head coach of Barcelona, to be a fan of Barcelona, when the whole organization is going through tough times, right? We ha we see that they're having debts, the football team is uh, uh, losing games, Lionel Messi gone and stuff like that. What is it like uh, to be part of Barcelona right now? Well, is I mean, it challenging? You're talking about the football things mainly, you know. I mean, it's it's challenging in a sense that, you know, in, in my first year over there, I didn't have a president for six or seven months. You cannot you cannot have decisions. You cannot sign players, basically, when this is happening. Uh, you cannot spend one euro without, you know, one euro leaving. So you feel a little bit alone, you know, and everything is improvisation. Then the president comes, they have to do the audits of the, of the you know, of the of the bank accounts and what they have money and uh, you want to start, you know, come May, let's say, or June and have very clear vision how much you can spend or how much you can do and you end up not knowing it. So the whole summer was a big improvisation, but, you know, this is the situation, this is the cards we have and you, you have to play with those cards and we were trying to improvise all through the summer with the new bosses and we understand that we are football club first so they have to be solve their issues their situation and you know try to do your best basically try to do your best work for the club yeah there were reports about some players disagreeing to reduce their salaries and stuff like that and that's the worst part of your job probably because it's not in your control you know the way what kind of player you're gonna receive in the practice if he will be you know pissed off by somebody yes. else what is going on, yeah, I on think off the court. in this conversation you know uh we we did have conversation with some players as far as try to keep your head uh, in the job so yes i do understand that uh, the club is in bad situation nobody put a, a gun to your head to sign this mm -hmm. contract but this is a situation that arose and you have responsibilities for the team and I'm responsible for the basketball part. So it's important for me that, like you said, like you are present here in practices that you are giving 100 percent and and we improving as a team. So you try to separate the business part and the and the and the basketball part. And and I don't know. And, you know, the most important at this point is is if if we improving, if we're getting better and uh, if we're gearing up for the second part of the season. Talking about the bigger picture, what do you think about the recent news in the EuroLeague about uh, Jordi Bertomeo dismissal uh, next summer? I think, you know, uh, I think this is this is more maybe a question for the owners. There's obviously they haven't been happy with uh, with the with the EuroLeague developments. And, you know, me personally, I, I, I was always a fan of EuroLeague. I was always I'm, I'm also a fan of the of the new format of the EuroLeague. 
But if the, you know, there's also, like we said, the business part, uh, there's many departments and we need to see if, if the departments are working for the, for each EuroLeague team. And uh, if it's not, obviously, like everywhere in, in, in life, there's, there's changes to be made. So I, I look at it as, as, as normal, as normal ways to, to get better. You know, and I think the clubs, uh, they voted for, for change, for getting better. So this is the direction we are heading right now. But I like the, I like the, the idea of this EuroLeague. I, I like the idea of, of the model. I like the idea of playing, you know, 34 games and, and everybody go to the gym of other team. And through the year, the fans of, I don't know, of, of, of Munich or Tel Aviv or somebody, they get to see all the teams and, uh, and this is great for me. What's unused potential do you see in the EuroLeague? And for example, if there was something like a coaching board which would influence the EuroLeague to make some decisions, what you would suggest, you know, changing, no, think, improving, uh, avoiding? I think, I think over the years, we as coaches who created association, we really complained that uh, we haven't been, uh, we haven't been let in, in in a lot of decision makings during the pandemic times and, and all of that. It seems like they are passing us on the side a little bit. And this is this is another you know complaint from from us coaches. We constantly complain for the Euroleague that uh, we were ne you know we were never heard of, you know we were never heard uh, in in certain situations or last ones to be heard. And this is maybe the problem of the Euroleague. That's why changes are coming. Maybe not everybody feels like they are heard. I don't know. But as far as the coaching association and the Euroleague head coaching board. We felt like we were not heard in, in, in many situations. Uh, one of the main candidates, even probably the main candidate to replace Jordi Bartomeu as of right now is uh, Paulus Matunas, your good friend, your former colleague in Jargiris Kaunas. Do, do you believe he can be the guy who could lead the EuroLeague or what qualities he has to be that main like guy? Like I said, you know, I'm already getting way in over my head, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm a basketball coach, used to be a basketball player. It's, it's difficult for me to have opinions, you know. I think the guys who go through the meetings all the time and they should be the ones who who decide there's there's a business part of the Euroleague that is huge for them. Obviously, you know, our salaries, they come from from those departments and this is very important. So, but you know, if you don't grow, basically you stay back. This is what they say about every line of the work and everything. So Euroleague has to grow. If it doesn't grow, that means we're going backwards. There are some rumors about NBA coming in, in Europe. Do you see any sense uh, how NBA could, you know, influence European basketball, how they could help us realistically? No, I don't, I don't see it, honestly. I think, I think they can only, they can only, if they improve the business model, maybe that is working for them really uh, over there in States, that'd be great. But, uh, you know, as far as, as far as mentality wise, it's a whole different ball game here. It's, uh, you know, it's, that's the beauty of this, of this EuroLeague. I mean, you, you look at an NBA game with so relaxed atmosphere, you know, a lot of times, you know, here every game is a dogfight, uh, you know, you're looking, you're looking at every game like a, you know, huge fight, huge suffering and, and, and you know, huge effort. So I like it. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of taking games off and I believe in the in the professionalism of every day and uh, and this is what your european basketball is all about but do you think that do you agree that Euroleague? you mentioned 90 games per season it's, it's like the nba calendar do you believe that Euroleague 
especially with the regular season format, is getting closer to the NBA. And now it's different how we should approach the regular season. Like we shouldn't lose our heads in the, after seven games, for example, or we shouldn't, you know, no, overhype uh, the start of the season. I think, you know, like I said, uh, it's very important for me to understand if we are improving the record uh, at this point in Barcelona. Like I said, we have a great record, but uh, my question is always is, are we really improving? Are we gearing up to get better? But as far as just passing time by, I think it's it would it's not the right. I think it's it's a uh, it's bad thing about the NBA. Uh, you know how easy they are in, in in some games. And you know, having been in the NBA, I think I think it's is is not quite that they are throwing the games away. Mm. You know, I I don't agree with that notion that oh, regular season the NBA don't matter. No, teams teams do play hard. Uh, teams do play to win. You know, but it's it's just. I don't know. It's just a lot of games, and I think uh, still the the championship teams is still have the same qualities. They still compete every night or most of the nights. I mean, this is usually it's very few miracles. Then if you just trick off basically the regular season, you're gonna be fine in the in the playoffs. No, no, no. Usually it doesn't work like this over the time. You know, the top teams are still the top teams in the in the regular season still. And for you as a head coach, is it hard to keep the focus of your players during the regular season? The, your league, for example, we had a great example of FS last season. They were 11 seed uh, after seven games and then they became champions. And yeah, but it seems like some, some teams like CSKA, FS, who more or less know that they are about the final four teams. Yeah, you know? But you they also might have to by. analyze. You have to analyze each case. Why FS was so bad at the beginning of the of the year last year? They had some injuries. Mm -hmm. You know, Shane was Shane was not there. Then took time to get going. Tsayaska uh, right now losing games. They have injury problems. You know, so the healthy teams maybe have a little bit of advantage. But the question is like, are they getting better? Because from second part of the season, FS was constantly getting better. I believe Barcelona was constantly getting better last year. So those are the teams that came to the finals. Then we ended up winning our our leagues, you know. Uh, so the question is, are we getting better? Uh, to be at this point, 7-1, 6-2, Maybe it's the bad schedule. Maybe it's a lot of injuries. Maybe you play all your games on the road, something like this. The, but the question is, how are we acting? Are we building something? Are we, are we heading in the right direction? Uh, so those are the questions that more important than seven and one, eight and zero, whatever, five and three. It's this is that's why I said, even in Jalgiris, I said that I'm not looking so much in the in the standings until until January. You know, the process is what counts. What do you think about Jalgiris' uh, current situation? All these changes they made so fast. I think uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's so difficult for the organization like Jalgiris to be always in the lay in the level of the playoffs uh things are a little bit logical they clearly in the rebuilding phase um i don't know i like i said in, in one interview it was a little bit surprising for me that they went uh, let's say from black to white from white to black as far as when 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 we left for barcelona it was for me it was from the level of philosophy, ideology, whatever you want to discuss, it was too big of a change. I think those are usually not, not really the ones that give good results. And, you know, then you have... Do you mean pandemic. the way they were playing or building the roster? Or? Everything. 
everything just 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 you change philosophy completely you go mm -hmm. to american philosophy from european philosophy i'm not sure that you know always you see the nba in a lot of ways they play they changed the basketball over the years gradually it became a lot like european game now it's mm -hmm. so much three-point shots so much open court and the guards go not so much post up over there because the court is so big but you know at the end ultimately we have to play with our cards i mean we have to adjust to our players i mean they are the main weapons so if if we have this type of team we have to use this player then players change players leave again we have to adjust and and to put players in the in the situations to succeed this is the most important about our job yeah it seems like they are getting back to that let's say old school european basketball right with uh, hiring coach Juras Dots. Listen, you know, I don't really, the worst thing is that a lot of times in those situations as an outsider, you're just uh, guessing why things are being done. You know, you have an opinion, but you don't really, this is what drives us crazy who are on, or inside. You just don't know. Yes, I understand, you know, this journalism, there's fans and, and, and you make opinions and something, but, you know, you have to know why things are being done. And probably this is why. The transparency is very important. You know, a lot of times in Jalgiris cases, you see Paulus coming out and explaining his decisions because obviously he has to. It's the it's the team of the city, the team of the country, and you know, so so we have to understand why they're doing things like they're doing. But it's not easy. I'm telling you, it's not easy for the team with the, one of the lowest budgets that does didn't have fan support for a year and a half to be competing with the top teams with a huge budget you have to you have to hit all the all the right buttons mm. and in Lithuania there's a big a huge topic uh, whether uh, Jargadis should let's say give the season away in order to build up for the next year or they should st still try to keep you know I think you should ever, I think you should never give anything away I think you should fight for every win this is the mentality this is the DNA of Jargadis uh the fans if if they come and after zero eight they see the team fighting playing good basketball they will get right back behind the team i mean you know how how the how the fans of jalgiris are and they will come they will fill the arena they will enjoy they will enjoy a little bit you know uh this fighting spirit that the team must have the identity of of the jalgiris the identity of kaunas you know a hard nosed hard working city so no way in my opinion no way you should uh you should throw away games you should throw away the season but like you said it's it's also we need you know you need to have a plan you need to have a plan uh again we don't know the mentality but i've seen the list of the players that jalgiris has as, as as an option and the list is at this point of the season it's it's not that great what, I can tell you that. It's, it's based on low Jalgiris budget, uh, dry market, or...? I think combination of everything. Hmm. I think combination of everything. In this situation, I mean, you showed a good example of signing uh, hungry players, unproven players in the EuroLeague, and hoping that they will succeed in Jalgiris. Jalgiris tried the other way, uh, buying, let's say, solid, matured, veteran players with EuroLeague experience. What do you think? What's the better way for the low-budget team? We have not only Jalgiris, but also Zvezda, you know, Aspel, yeah, some other clubs. There is no better way. Because I signed young players, up-and-coming players, I mean, that means there was no veteran players on the list that they presented me. I mean, 
I wanted veteran players. You know, you you need less time with them. But if the player that is not on the list that mm. Paulus is presenting me, that the agents are sending me, then there is no player. So I mean, we signed at some point. You know, Beno Udrich coming from the NBA. You know, Tupan was already coming from somewhere else. You know, from G League. And we signed we signed some veteran players. Don't forget, we had a lot of veteran Lithuanians at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, Kunas, Milaknis. You know, these were veteran players. When I became a coach, we had Kalnetis, you know, who left for Milano at that point. So, say Butis, we had we we had veteran players. So it was also a little bit, you know, the combination have a mix. You know, it's like a little bit like a puzzle. Going to the end, how do you feel watching your good friend Jelko uh, back in European basketball well, and running part of the project? I, I feel happy. I'm just I'm just feel bad for his assistant that cannot take out the the marker you know uh, i send i send a message for him you know like don't get the guy nervous he's just a marker you know uh, something was wrong in the suit probably exactly yeah. uh no you know i spoke with him a lot he's very happy over there this is his club this is his love you know and uh and i, I think he's very happy it's uh you know, I don't miss his games i think uh, i also love the team that he has because mm-hmm. it's a lot of talented young players Together with you know Punter and Zach over there, that they give some veteran leadership and some Serbian guys, and it's going to be nice to see how they develop. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential for for that place if they continue in that direction. Can you imagine yourself in Jelko situation? I mean, okay, going back to your let's say uh, dream team, Žalgiris Kaunas way of fighting in Euro Cup and stuff like that. Can you imagine yourself? Because yeah, it, for me, it tells a lot of about his passion for the game. Yeah, for his just roots. wants to, he, as a person, he just wants to be happy. You know, he just wants to be happy. He's in Belgrade in, in, at his home. He's with his team. He has very intriguing team. He has a very clear goal to bring Partizan to EuroLeague. Uh, I think he's happy. I think at this point, what else? You already won everything. You, you did everything in your life. What he, he just needs to be happy. I'm 100% sure he's happy. Last week you had your 100 victory uh, in the EuroLeague and you already mentioned how important, uh, how beautiful for you is to win games. Did you meet any other person who was also so obsessed or even more obsessed in winning when you, for example? Did you meet a bigger winner than you? Yeah, a lot of my teammates uh, were obsessed. So a lot of my coaches were obsessed. Like I said, Jelko, Jelko is, you know, crazy about situation. I mean, I, I can put a lot of things, you know, Anthony Parker, Diamantidis, Panulis, you know, these guys are, you know, these guys are killers, man. They, they would do anything to win. That's why I was so lucky to play with them, to be in the same locker room, to learn certain situations. Itudis, you know, also it's, it's it's that breed, you know, like it's it's like uh, no, no, you know, this is this is what uh, this is why you need to consider yourself fortunate to be working with the people like this because this is a team game. You cannot do anything alone, you know. You just need to be surrounded by the by the good front office, by good players, by good fans. It's like a, you know, one more time, it's like a puzzle. And as being so obsessed, winner. Okay, you you won the Copa del Rey last year, Spanish championship. You didn't manage to win the EuroLeague, but you were one win away from from that. How do you feel after that kind of season? As as being that kind of winner, are you pleased? Are you happy? Do you well, understand that it's a part well, of the process? First of all, we, we cannot change it now already, so we have to look back and be proud of what they do, what we did. We proud that we grew, that we became closer as a team, 
again in the process, but uh, you know, here we go. We start from zero again. Every game is from zero, you know, so every season is from zero, but really from zero, zero, zero. Shogun Lasitskevich, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your time and follow, no us, follow us on basketnews.com.